want to come out on top. It is a Friday edition, the Jack Michael Show, coming to you live and direct from our balmy studios at 1020 South 25th Street in Fargo and our Gunderson Jewelers studio here. OMG, oh my Gundersons, make it easy to say I do with a custom design wedding ring, Gunderson's Uptown in Maine, West Fargo, or Gunderson's.com. Yeah, we're about 26 and change away from uh, UND and NDSU from the Fabulous Fargo Dome tomorrow. We'll touch, obviously, as we have all week on you know what's left to be said about that particular game. There are some FCS games that can AQ some teams, uh, you know, uh, tonight. And obviously tomorrow's going to be busy. Sunday is Selection Day, and we'll know the field of 24. So there's a lot to, uh, to look forward to this weekend on that. Uh, action last night, uh, we had a few local basketball teams in action. You know, the NDSU men were in Terre Haute to take on Indiana State. The UND men were in North Carolina battling Elon. But the one that garners a little bit of talk around the water cooler today was what happened last night at the Shack. It was there to take that in. The Minnesota Gophers, again, now minus obviously a, a, a premier player. Um, and I'm not going to take anything away, though. That is, that, that's oh, yeah. a, that's a, that is a Big Ten team that came into Fargo. And as much as the first half was unattractive from the shooting aspect of it, two teams couldn't buy. I think it was a combined 0 for 12 or 1 from 12 D on 3. Uh, NDSU played a really solid second half and took it right to Minnesota. And once they got the the, uh, the lead, held on and really made some plays down the stretch. The Brown girl uh, was was really good. I thought uh, Emily Banky was, was really strong. Her and L. Evans are a good complement. The freshman guard, uh, Graham, was solid. You know, and Heaven Hamling, who's, you know, kind of all-world, you know, stir the drink, dribble, you know, shoot. You know, didn't need her to blow up, but hit a couple big threes late. And uh, that team, that team beat the Gophers. They beat them, period. Derek, they, they flat I think out, what impressed they me beat the, them. Yeah, I think what impressed me the most, Jack, is just they were not, they got the lead, and they were not going to let it get away in the fourth quarter. I agree. I mean, they just were not going to let that squander. and. The Gophers made a run at, at certain times within the last seven minutes, and they, they just kept that you know eight to five point lead, which is not easy to do because they're scra- everyone's scratching and clawing. You're so. you're right, and 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 you you see these how these things happen. You know whether it be a, a football a, a power five program against a, a, a mid major FCS, or whether you're a a, a you know uh, upper level uh, power basketball. You know, a high major conference, high major basketball team against a mid major. The last thing you want to be is have that opponent, that mid major, right, in the game late. And by the way, trailing late, you know, because they're that, that extra guard right. of kicking in to make plays. And that's what happened last night. And you find yourself in these spots, and and it goes away. So uh, it was, I was hanging with JG, who does the uh, the play by play for for uh, the Minnesota Gophers, and then you know I saw Lindsey come over after the game. And, you know, they got some work to do. You know, they've, 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 they've got some work to do. And they faced a team that I texted Brad Anderson earlier. I said, I'll tell you what, if a Jory Collins club, if that second half that I saw with that intensity and, and taking it to the 10, right. if that shows up every day, they're going to be a tough out in the summit. That's, that's, uh, there's some pieces there. Uh, so now, there's no doubt Jory's done a great job beyond this. And yeah, then, so he, this is his signature win for sure. It, without, I agree. Without question, it is that. You know, UND's on the road tonight against Montana State. Montana State. You know, preseason pick to win the Big Sky, so we'll see 
But that guy's but you know, these two teams that, that aren't named South Dakota or South Dakota State right, right. who haven't had a lot of love in, in recent years right now are kind of making some noise, and that was big noise last night for for NDSU. Uh, lots to get to today on the program. Travis Dunn will be around, as, as Travis does. Uh, I caught Travis's show last night on our brother station, KFGO. He had the voice of Ottawa. The Senators on, and, 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 and you know, he had the crew on last night, so Scotty Taylor was on with his usually game-on show. And uh, we'll talk about this. You know, on the other side of things, uh, UND hockey, you got you got to find a way. You know, I know it's early still, but at some point, they got to start going to the wins column. Derek, yeah, you, you want to sweep this weekend. you got to get some yeah. points uh, this weekend. So T. Dunn will talk about that. We may make a, a buzz out to Brad today, depending on he's in Bozeman, as I said, that that uh, with me having a football game, uh, Brad uh, sent Brad out to, to Bozeman and and he's having fun out there, and and that's also where college game day is. Yes, so so he's he he's all. catching all of it uh, here. Uh, there are playoffs going on. State volleyball in North Dakota. We'll get to that. It probably buried the lead. You know we you know when you work with you know in your and I don't know how it is at your workplace or work, but not everybody's from the same town, so it's kind of neat. And Derek and I have known each other for decades. You know, two three decades, and you know, so if Williston were in the news, you know, it's you know it's part of your hometown. If the Coyotes were doing something, I'd say something. And with Derek, you know, we, we kid, but, you know, Barnesville is a veteran community right here, and they're in the semifinal round today. They played at 9 o'clock in the morning yep. against Jackson <laughs> County Central. First of all, odd time to play, but that, it's normal for the, the prep. You know, this is not uncommon for this, you know, state of Minnesota. And so you win today. If you win this morning, you're in the title game. My guess is, Derek, you – either followed it via StatCast or watched it. What news do you have of the Barnesville Trojan football team? I went to the school. They had in the brand-new Performing Arts Center. Nice. In that plush new little digs they got in Barnesville. uh, 45-12 was your final with Barnesville winning. It was an impressive win. They took the – I don't know if they would go back and do it over again, but Jackson County Central, I think they deferred to the second half, and Barnesville got the ball in three plays, and they scored. Ooh. And Jackson County Central had a nice drive. They fumbled. We fumbled it right back. Okay. And then uh, just kind of things went the way. You know, the power T offense, uh, you can prepare for it until you're blue in the face, but you got to execute it too. And it's just, it's a, it's a tough thing to prepare for if you haven't seen it. So. I, uh, going back to the defer or take the ball, you know, yesterday you and I were, uh, you and I were in Dunvilla. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this was prior to your dad. Uh, making the Ludafisk for the uh, yeah, which six, I had some Ludafisk last night. Did you really sixty second annual by the way in, in Barnesville? So you and and Sergeant Jesse Grabo, yeah, Barnesville guy. So Sergeant Grabo was there, and I caught overheard you two chatting football. And this is why maybe you shouldn't have heard because you felt that that Barnesville's defense hasn't given up much. No. This year, so if if you know five touchdowns all year, one of them was kind of a fluky hail mary. Yeah, that's not the team that you want to play catch up no. against. It's the team that you probably want to score as quick as you can on yeah. and make them right. It's 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 an interesting call. You know, I've Joel Heikamp and I have talked about this a lot with his Vikings team. I would never mm-hmm. be offended if they decided to take the ball right away because it seems like that first series with Kirk Cousins and the scripted offense seems to work. And get I know it's always nice to get the ball at, after you know after the first half. But if you go in three and out, then you're almost in a worse situation, right? Especially if the other team scored first. So I think there's a lot of different analytics to it that people have found. But I think it also depends upon what your team is like, how you're really based. Agreed. And 
I, I think that uh, I don't know if you necessarily want to see that offense right away. It's still I, I, surprising, though, when some of the – I think twice this year during the UND games I call, twice this year the opposition uh, won the toss and took the ball. Yeah. I think Southern Illinois may have, rightfully so. Yeah, <laughs> well. But – but, it worked uh, out for him. Yeah, it worked out for him there. But it, it it still opens my eyes, D, even though it shouldn't. It's yeah. still like, ooh, they're taking the ball. Right. It's like you're giving up a possession perhaps late in the, you know. Yeah. Like, but. Well, I mean, it's just and it, it's always a second guess, right? It depends upon how it goes. If the other team marches down the field, it's not a good look. You look at last night, Tennessee, boom, boom, boom. And then Green Bay is playing from behind, right? I mean, that's – and they're not in a situation – by the way – if Aaron Rodgers' thumb isn't working right now, they need to put Jordan Love in because he doesn't look like himself at all. He wobbled a couple oh, to Lazard. Awful. It's not just because I picked up Lazard and put him on my fantasy team this week, but he wobbled a couple. No, he's that, missing passes. Yeah. Wide open guys. We've never seen that. He doesn't miss wide open guys. Green Whether Bay. you like Green Bay or not, yeah. he does not miss guys like that. This is uh, good for Christian Watson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, he's, and he's he's looking good. Yeah, the five in the last two games. That's for a rookie, and and you know, I'm sure that's some that's sort impressive. of record. Yeah, that that is uh, that's getting her done. But I think Green Bay, if if the fork isn't put in them now, it's it's not well, far. Well, the from Viking the fan losing table. head to head to Philadelphia. Go pack, go, go coming pack, up go. a week from Sunday. You're talking about seedings and records, yes. and yes, go the, pack, go a week from Sunday. I where mean, you don't the, hear that very so often. Where is the NFC uh, championship going to run through? You know, right? It, yeah, that's that's exactly right. You are screaming for Green Bay uh, to to defeat Philadelphia. And weird, weirdly saying, if the Vikings beat the boys on Sunday, yeah. you're pulling for the boys to beat the Giants too a little bit, aren't you? Just so you, just in case the Giants prove that they're for real. Sure, if they're, they, they're a tough out right if now. If they get some traction and yeah. really kind of move, yes, I I, I think so. Um, so a lot of NFL. A lot of NFL stuff. I noticed this, and, and this is also because uh, I saw someone had attached me to a Twitter, a tweet, uh, and uh, and uh, I think I was on there with with maybe Rob, the new play by play guy for, and I think who does a great job, uh, Rob Hip for for NDSU. Um, uh, sounds good. Uh, it came from Sam Houston, but they attached both of us on there, and I think the Twitter the Twitter was something about, and I brought this up. What if you? What if this game were played? At either Dakota Field or Memorial oh, Stadium back in the no, day, thank you know? you. right, right. <laughs> I don't miss that stuff at all. <laughs> I brought, know some people are poetic about it. I'm not. I, we brought this. No a, someone attached me to a twi- uh, tweet on that, and then you know, Rob, not being from here, you know, they was trying to explain the weather days, how it used to be oh, up here, and someone had attached a video. I believe it was of of, of a 1986 NDSU Augustana game. And remember that, you know, we're talking about Benny and, and Chad Stark and, you know, and, and Tyrone and, right. and, and uh, Molstreet and Muck and Hearn and, and uh, Mike Favor up front, you know, Spanky up front. All there these, a lot of household names. All these team, names, right? And it was miserable. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and oh, it was, it was the coaches show with, with Ed and, and Earl. So, okay, yeah, that's what it was. It was the, they're re-showing the highlights. And I forgot, I didn't forget because I'm very much aware but I it, it jarred a memory going, wow, that was just insane. It was insane snow. It was 19 degrees with it feels like it. Who knows how cold it felt. Zero traction. So any lateral movement, um, you weren't you weren't planting a foot and going. And then uh, and then uh, you know, and issue won the game against Augie. Just you know, once it just started getting that dive working, and you're mm-hmm. going forward. But it brought this to me today for a text club at three five two seven zero. If you have a memory today on a Friday, you know, just walking down memory lane, 
and I've got an NFL tie into this, you know, of a game that you were at or if you played that you were involved in of just just biblical type terrible weather that that you played through. And I bring it up today, and you can always text us at thirty five two seventy if if a game comes to mind or any any context around that game, whether you're at Memorial Stadium in Grand Forks or in Moorhead or at Dakota Field. Brings up this, Derek, that that they're taking the Buffalo Bills game with Cleveland and they're shifting it to Detroit. Yes. I, I saw the story. I went, come on. And then I looked at the amount. Yeah. When well, you're talking three to six feet, mainly because you don't want people to try to travel to It's the a safety game. issue, I mean, isn't it? It's just you don't. Yeah. Where's the line on – where's the line? I think that's one of them. <laughs> like five feet of snow? Well, you think 60 inches is, is – yeah. But no, but that's what I was thinking on that. I went, okay, yeah, it makes sense. But where is the line? Yeah, I I think, you know, you think about it too with cold. You know, I think it's kind of fitting the last outdoor game probably in the Vikings history was that Blair Walsh game where it – I know people are at that. I mean, that's just brutal. And people are just sitting in the bathrooms to try to get. Yeah. I've been to Gopher games where you sit in the bathrooms just because you you, you got to keep warm. It's not going to be a good one tomorrow against Iowa, by the way. That's going to oh, be brutal. That'll be another one. You got to bundle. You got to bundle up. I remember years ago we ran, uh, and Derek knows this. We ran uh, sports shows on KFGO and still do. I'm Couch Potato Radio now, and you're. But we ran what we called Sports Night, and uh, you know you'd always book guests and try to get guests yeah. on in Sports Night. And I remember like. Two, for some reason, got a hold of Ray Nitschke years ago now, and I'm glad to come on. And I'm like, oh, my God, Ray Nitschke. Like, in our business, it's like, that's a good get. Yeah, that's good. That's a good get. And and the stories that he would tell of, of, of frozen limbs and frostbite and those, and it's almost this badge of cur- you know the ice bowl, obviously, and this badge of we played in these these weather right. days, you know. So I'm thinking that uh, you know I don't begrudge the the Bills, you know, this decision made here no. because like what well, you I mean, said, people travel, you know, that's yeah, well, just. I mean, you can't have them sitting outside in that. Stuff. Uh, no, that that's uh, that's insane. And it's got to be tough to take away a home field advantage that that place can be, but I think you know with that type of team that they have i don't think it's a bad thing at all i remember my last game ever i was against a very good perm team where you had the uh you know charlie nelson and oh and those guys and uh, the late aaron drummond who played for und yes back in the yes. day um we, we lost way too soon um very much but, so. but you know those guys from perm they were tough they were ranked in states and did you have it was bad a snowstorm yeah it was in north wind so we switched the sideline so our backs should be to the wind you know and that didn't really help us out i remember putting my fingers in the Snow and just a, it was cold. The coldest game I ever played though was a JV game against Dilworth, and it was like a cold fall rain, and that's worse than snow, I think. Yeah, you, you just can't because it bites. It, it yeah. just bites you. Yeah, it's it's you know Florida rain is like that too. If you ever been around, it can it gets cold so fast and it just kind of gets in your bones. That's why I felt that 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 those late, late fall rains are the worst, and that's what we were yeah, playing. I and don't, I, uh, yeah. I'd rather play in snow than cold rain. Yeah. It, it, it all sounds good because it's this tough testosterone men, you know, yeah. play. But there's a that's why I said I wonder where is the line when it comes. To, look, I in college baseball in the upper Midwest, you know, those spring days, you know, but it doesn't compare to any like your story with football, obviously. But I remember some, you know, you played in some. Not very warm. No. We didn't have indoor stadiums. We weren't playing the Hormel Classic at the Metrodome. We were, you know, outside. They got to be like, wow, is this 
phrasing, but nowhere near that. So if you have a, a, a one that jumps out to mind, I'm glad whoever it was that that attached that video uh, to my, whoever put me on that uh, that Twitter. I, I'm glad they did because I watched the entire video. Just brought back memories of how cold, how brutal at times the conditions were, whether it be at Dakota Field. Or or memorial and and uh, there is something that uh, I'm glad that tomorrow's game is in the Fargo Dome or in a dome by the way. Uh, One thirty our coverage time begins on that uh, on our brother station seven ninety KFGO and then the kickoff at at two thirty. I can give you an update on uh, the next opponent. It's six six, Chadfield and Eden Valley Watkins and Chadfield's driving. And I saw one of the worst pass interference calls I've seen in a long time in the Bargeville game. No, in this one right in here. this one here. Chadfield just benefited from. So the winner, the def- defender can go for the ball, right? To get that's, an interception. Normally, that's yeah. kind of yeah, unless you're Georgievich and all the right moves. Yeah. But there was contact. Yeah, well, he was early. <laughs> Chad Field and Eden Valley Watkins. The winner of that plays Barnesville, uh, December second. That's right. Got to wait two weeks. How about, how about Minnesota's high school football championships are being played in December? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Vikings got to play on Thanksgiving night, so it messed up everything. Twelve uh, six. No, yep. Is that what you said? Well, it just happened. You're so far ahead of me. Well, you're behind. Uh, no, I'm behind you because I got the stream going on. Oh, okay. okay yeah. What, we're really, we're like so game. Don't, don't be a spoiler alert for me here. Oh, I mean, <clears throat> it's still tied at six, yeah. but it looks like Chatfield might score. It is not score. anymore. Uh, <laughs> okay, do you have it now? Yeah. <laughs> it it's, looks like Chatfield's yeah. going to score. Right. We're like game day central uh-huh. in here. Uh, the two three seven thirty seven sixty seven get you in triple eight four five eight six nine two six. T done coming up in in just a second. Derek on this date. 1985, November 18th, gruesome. Joe Theismann Ooh. happened yeah. on this date. Yeah, Isn't it odd how that, well. that memory, you don't even have to finish the nope. statement. I, I was watching it. Yep. it it's the first, watch it live. It's the first time. And then they showed a replay, and then I think they stopped it and said, don't, don't show this again. Yep. Like they showed it yep. once, and that was it. Yep. No more. Quick timeout. Uh, T. Dunn coming up around the corner. Busy Friday edition. It is uh, Jack Michaels, Derek Hansen in studio today. Jack Michaels Show on 740 The Fan. Hello out there. We're on the air. It's hockey night tonight. Yep. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. At the Ralph. The goalie jumps, and the players bump, and the fans all go insane. He's teed on. Someone roars, Bobby scores <laughs> at the good old hockey game. At the Ralph. Oh, the oh, old hockey, hockey game. Travis Dutton. Hey, by the way, Travis and, and Derek, I have breaking news from the American Association of mm. Baseball, league in which right. the Red Hawks play in. The board of directors of the American Association has voted to institute pitch clocks as part of the ad- wow. effort to address pace of play for the 23 season. Pitchers will have 15 seconds 15. to deliver a pitch with the bases empty. Pitchers will have 20 seconds to deliver a pitch with runners on base. Interesting. Pitch clock is coming. Uh, Have you the, found the pace a little slower? I mean, no, I know I you mean, did some four-hour games. Yeah, yeah but I, I guess, but I think on the average, it's just it's over a little over three. I think yeah. so. I mean, it's not thirty-second timer between batters. Batters must be prepared to receive a pitch in the batter's box with at least eight seconds remaining. Batters who violate the pitch clock will be charged with an automatic strike. The step-off. Pickoff limit resets if a runner or runners advancing near plate appearance. So they'd be allowed to step off the rubber or attempt a pickoff move twice per batter. 
boy, what happens if you've used your two, Travis and Derek? Like for okay. Derek. Here's the deal. What do you got? Go to a hockey game. Go to a hockey game. Everything moves fast. Everything's fast in hockey. Because, you know, it's cold outside. you got to stay warm and get what? those cars and go home. Well, let me ask you this. In, 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 in sport, I could ask Derek right now, what's the biggest thing that slows down the NFL? And you'd immediately have the answer. What slows down baseball? I'd have an answer. What slows down hockey games? Well, football is TV commercials. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the, you know. I'd say football is penalties. And... Penalties. Yeah, that too. Hockey, nothing slows down. You know, I noticed that last week at the at the Ralph, and I think we the Saturday night game was played in two hours and twenty five minutes. Hmm. That includes all the zamboniing and all the stuff between periods. They just move it along. The referees in the past, you know, I go back to the days when I played. You know, Badger Bob Johnson would call over six players and they'd talk and huddle for about two minutes, right? And slow the slow the pace of the game down. Now they don't allow that, so the game is much quicker. You get in, you watch the game, they participate, they get the game over with. So there's no real delaying any of the games anymore, or you're penalized if that's the circumstance. How did we decide the length of intermissions? And has it been standard for as long as you can remember, Travis? Well, back in the day, we only had one Zamboni. Now they have two, right? I mean, but the length of time, I think, is the same between periods. But they do all the extracurricular stuff now as well with the beer cans running around their ice sheet and, you know, the, all those fun things they do oh, yeah. to keep people entertained. It's oh. more between period entertainment. But the two Zambonis makes it obviously a lot faster to get the ice resurfaced so they can participate in some of those other extracurriculars. But, you know, I don't know who set the rules at that point. What's 15 minutes? I think it's 15 minutes, I believe is what it is. But, uh, yeah, that's a great question, Jack. Yeah, yeah, you I, come up with great questions. Well, you no, I just – <laughs> <laughs> I want to be journalist, you know. They say there's no more dumb questions. I really bought into that when my first teacher said that. So I got to be inquisitive. Um, yep. And then I'm going to ask you about your worst outdoor uh, ODR condition. But we were chatting about. I was Derek and I were reflecting on you know, Memorial Stadium, Memorial uh, Dakota uh-huh. Field, all that. And I said I was yep. watching some old uh, mid '80s uh, football at Dakota Field, and I just got a message in from a friend. Uh, so, Dale, thank you. He says, uh, hey, I was equipment manager for the Bison in college. The August ga- Augustana game in 85 was bad, too. I was referencing the 86 game. He said, Augie only cleared every 10-yard line, so field had about six to eight inches of snow. He said they were trying to slow down the Bison. And this game, obviously, was in yeah. uh, Wood, Howard. Howard Wood, yeah. yeah. Legend, so- the legendary. <laughs> right. And so my friend here says, so whenever uh, Gus, Casey Bradley, uh, went to punt, Earl Solomonson sent him out with a grain shovel to scrape a little path for him to punt the ball. Nice. He said it was insane. Great oh. text, Dale. Thanks for that's exactly that's awesome. You know, clearing just so Casey can have a footing on that. Travis, you had to have been in some like biblically bad weather in outdoor oh, hockey. Oh yeah, right? well, outdoor hockey. But actually, there's one football story. Remember, they took a zamboni to Memorial Stadium in Grand Forks because there had been freezing rain. That's right. And then, of course, it went from that to 25 below zero. And they couldn't get the ice off the field, so they tried using the Zamboni, Zamboni. to scrape it off. That's I, right. I, I believe. I don't know what year that would have been. That would have been maybe 80, 91, 92, maybe yeah. 82. I can I see know, the but... picture of the Zamboni. I can see it literally in my head right now. Oh, yeah. What year was but that? But as far as playing outdoors, well, you have to remember when we were kids, and this is when I was a kid, we played basically all our games outdoors. So you only played, what, end of November through mid-March because the sun would get strong and melt the ice like, on the side that the sun was shining, you know, the south sun would start melting things. <laughs> right. So you played regardless. And I, 
we played with 20 and 20 below conditions, you know, and that, but when you're, but you also wore all of your winter clothing underneath your equipment. So that's the challenge was this, when we started playing indoors, yeah. you wore you wore the same clothes indoors you wore outdoors. <laughs> you didn't you... have all that equipment <laughs> and you wondered why it was so doggone hot, uh, but it right. still wasn't that hot. But regardless, uh, we had the stocking or toques on, of course, not stocking. Your toques. Uh, your toques. Had our toques on and our choppers. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, so. You were yeah, we played you played no matter what basically in those days. I just got this picture of Travis Dunn as like a fourteen year old dressed like the Michelin man with all the all this gear around, <laughs> oh, you know. Absolutely. Thick we, parka. Didn't wear, we didn't have shoulder pads or elbow pads. You had enough clothes on that nothing hurt when it hit you. And you couldn't raise the puck anyway because you were you were little kids at that point. They don't have the skills that the ten year olds have today. Uh, but that being said, uh, it was a different era. Uh, I like warm rinks. It's funny, I I hate skating in a, what you would call a cold rink today. I like it 60 degrees. I like it hot. Uh, the warmer, the better. Tonight, uh, Ralph Engelstead Arena, Miami. Uh, the Red Hawks are in town taking on North Dakota, and uh, Travis will be on the call with Tim Hennessy coming up tonight. The puck will drop just after 7 this evening on KFGO, and uh, 6.30 the pregame show, and then tomorrow night at 6.07. Uh, Travis, uh, Derek and I were just discussing this. I, you know, I'm not going to use the word pressing because I, I think – it, it, in hearing from Bradbury this week, like it, it's all there. You know, these are all, and, and I stopped short of almost saying fixable things. It's just executing better, staying a little more connected at, at different times. You know, connected. I keep going back to that word. But Travis, you tell us how does how does this thing turn back to a to a Friday night win that could domino to a Saturday night sweep? Well, I'll tell you one thing: we're not used to hearing. The seventh place University of North Dakota Fighting Hawks are yeah. playing the eighth place Miami Red Hawks. Mm. Uh, that you know, UND hasn't been in this position for a very long time. So when you start looking at the uh, the importance of every game, and every game's important, you guys know that. It's just a short season number of game wise. You play 35, 36 games. You can't afford to lose, or you're, you're losing those pairwise points. Um, so that's part of it. But as far as the fixable part, Obviously, having Tyler Clevin back in your lineup helps a lot because he adds what you call a grit. Um, you know, he's the guy that's the banger out there, the guy that gives people space. And, you know, we talk about football, time and space. We talk about hockey, time and space, right? Well, if you're in, in basketball, Jack, you, you played that basketball. Yep. You took that round thing and threw it in the hoop. To give yourself more space, what did you have to, what did you have to dominate? Your physical space, right? Yeah. Elbows up. You have to be a little. You have to be a little gritty. And I think the term gritty is what this team needs to be. Now, that's what Tyler Clevin brings to the lineup. That ability to get guys. Hey, wait a minute. I got to worry about getting nailed by this big guy who's going to come and hit me cleanly. By the way, uh, and do everything within the rules of the game. But you give everybody else time and space because of that. And this team right now hasn't shown a lot of grit when Tyler is not in the lineup. Now you can't teach grit. You go back to all the teams over the years that have been successful. Uh, Stefan Patton is a great name that I always love talking about because he's a grinder. He worked his tail off. He gave he gave the uh, thoroughbreds, the guys with all the skill, the time and space because of his physical play. And every team needs to have someone who sets the tone physically to make that possible to have the time and space to succeed as a hockey team. So this team needs to be a little more gritty. They uh, last weekend, let's face it, Denver. It was man against, men against boys last week. Uh, Denver dominated. Their transition game was uh, spectacular. I haven't seen a team turn it from defense to offense that effectively in a very long time. And UND was caught flat-footed. They were caught 
some of the basic stuff, Jack, you know, is the fact that their shifts, their, their shift changes, three guys are going off the ice while Denver was transitioning to offense and going, scooting right past everybody and creating three on one, two on one opportunities. They're getting way too many opportunities off bad changes during the game, which is back to basics, fundamental hockey. So all three guys can't go off or all four can't go off at the same time. Right. That's right. You have to make sure you have to make sure look over your shoulder, have your head in a swivel. So all those little details, uh, add up to being not successful to this point. If they add those details with a little bit of grit, they're going to be okay. It's still relatively early in the season, and and you know, but they have to start building some momentum now because, as you know, the NCAC doesn't get easier week to week. Quality shots, I know, down in uh, in the in the in the Vegas game, it just didn't seem like there was just enough shots. I mean, it's like flat out like. Of opportunity, right. right? Just not enough shots, you know. But their shots, obviously, they're, they're quality shots, you know, and opportunities. I guess you know, there's there's power play and there's 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 the PKs, the penalty kills when you're on it, and 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 right now, are you, so it's not a personnel thing, Travis. What I'm hearing from you is it's not a personnel fi- thing. It's just a just an adjustment of of, of uh, um, attitude, intensity, grittiness, all that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, basically, yeah, absolutely. But the thing you can't teach is grittiness. I mean, Jackson Blake, you're not going to teach him to be gritty. You can't. He's a, he's a, he's one of those thoroughbreds. He's got great hands. Sure. He's your goal scorer. Owen McLaughlin, uh, not big guys, but they move the puck so very well. But their job is not to be the physical presence. So every team, and you go back to the Duluth Bulldogs a couple of years ago, you had your fifth-year guys that were your grinders, your muckers, and you have your high-end high end guys as well to mix in with that. And, and, and this team is trying to find that identity and find those guys. But injury has also been part of it. I anticipate someone like a Ben Strinden, you know, a bigger body, uh, to be more a little bit more of a mucker, more of a, you know, again, a Stefan Patton. I always make that comparison because he's such a, or, or a Lee Gorin or a Dean Decision back when I played, guys who would go out there and play the physical aspect of the game. You have to have that in your lineup to give the others the time and space. So, again, getting healthy is going to help that because then those guys who, who can fill those roles, like a Ben Strinden, I, I think would be ideal in that circumstance. I, I do believe that, you know, once they get healthy, get everybody back on the same page and get moving forward, I think they'll be just fine. Before we let you go, I caught your show last night. I was heading over to the shack in, in Fargo, <laughs> yeah. but I caught your show last night, you and Scotty, and, and uh, game on every Thursday on KFGO, and you had the Ottawa Senators play-by-play guy. I've been around for a while. You know, he's he's been doing a long time. He was talking about, and I laugh because I, I in my mind I'm thinking Ottawa is like UND is like Ottawa's farm club, and then you actually almost reference that like UND has become the Ottawa Senators farm team. But I've never heard a guy uh, speak so highly of of a player when you when you mentioned Jake Sanderson, and he just we went on for like seven minutes on. On what yeah. on on Sanderson? Then of, course, then of course he said he had, and on top of everything, what did he say? As uh, yeah, Shane Shane Pinto had the uh, blue eyes. Or Shane Pinto, he has the is the is like he goes, he said he's, he said like I'm a heterosexual sixty year old man, but from what I understand, he's got blazing blue eyes. Or something there like you that. go. Well, I thought great line or whatever, great line. But anyway, uh, Sandy, he was really t- off, he yeah. was really. Uh, it sounds like Jake is the is the second coming from the defenseman side. You know, and, and Dean Brown has been around play-by-play for an awful long time. Uh, and if you want to look at that interview, it's on YouTube, by the way. Uh, just search Game on Hockey with Travis Dunn and Scott Taylor. But, uh, you know, he's been around 20 years. He's seen guys like Eric Carlson, who is an absolute superstar in the National Hockey League, and he's doing comparisons. But you have to also remember, Jake's only been in the league for 16 games. Right. And he's, and he's talking that highly of him. 
but the, the, the two days ago he played five, what, five minutes of power play time, four minutes of penalty kill time, had two assists as a team won four to one or five two or whatever that was. But you know he is he set the bar very high for himself, and people are very high on Jake. And then you look at you know Jacob Bernard Docker is also in that lineup, another UND guy. Pinto, they will find themselves as a very young team making, like he said, a lot of mistakes like the UND hockey team is making today. Very much a comparison there. But moving forward, this team's only going to get bigger and better. And, and Dean was an awesome interview. Uh, a great story indeed. And uh, a very eloquently spoken man as well. But you we also talked about Tyler Clevin. And I, I asked the question, so, so how fit? Nope. Yep. Oh, oh what was uh, the anticipation. I of know. He was, he was just say. right on the edge there. It is really, yeah. Uh, did we lose him? Unfortunately, I think we did. Likely in the next year or two. So, And we'll see that as well. But, yeah, we let's put it this way. UND would be a lot better hockey team with Jake Sanderson in the lineup. Would, would we vote yes on that? Yeah, I think that'd be. Well, <laughs> yeah. well here, and here's the thing with me, and I know that we're going to give a call out to both. Speaking of Montana, because I think Brad is we're going to get some Bozeman stuff. But think yep. of this. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong here? But isn't and maybe I'm a little naive thinking that I don't think of hockey in the state of Montana first. But isn't Sanderson from like yep. Whitefish or something? Yeah, yeah. His father played in the National Hockey League, and they moved to Montana. I don't know exactly the rationale why, but he was born in Montana, and therefore that's why he's mm. pushed down Montana as, okay. as his uh, as his home state. I guess you can call it. But yes, uh, Montana has uh, potentially a superstar in the making in the National Hockey League, and. Uh, Again, Jake would have been a junior. The hard part in this whole circumstance, none of us in North Dakota or UND fans actually saw Jake Sanderson at his best for a very long period of time because he couldn't stay healthy. Uh, that is always going to be the question moving forward for Jake, but he had a lot of bad luck at UND. It's too bad we didn't get to see the, the full Jake Sanderson that we're seeing now in the National Hockey League. But, hey, we all take ownership of those players. But, hey, also we got a shout-out tonight, guys. Ed Belfour. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, doing his little shift before the game tonight. Uh, you know, hockey hall of famer. Get that one. He's going to go in full hockey gear. I think he wants to probably play the game. If they let him, he probably would. And then tomorrow night, the 1982 national championship team will be honored 40 years from winning that national championship. That's Troy Murray, Dave Tippett, Bill Sykes, Dean Decision, Craig Ludwig. Uh, down the line you go. It's, uh, and, and get this one. Two goaltenders have played in the National Hockey League, John Casey and Darren Jensen. So, <laughs> Uh, nice. Not a bad squad, and uh, they're going to honor them tomorrow night. Yeah, my guess is you might have some youngsters there or adults with pads out uh, doing the old "Would you sign this?" Oh, <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah. weekend. <laughs> Ed, Ed will do it. He's just uh, he's really a tremendous guy, and he's loving every moment of this because he's he, he's as he has said, he's won Stanley Cups, he's won gold medals, he's in the Hockey Hall of Fame for gosh sakes, and he says his best experience in hockey was the one year he played University of North Dakota. Not oh, bad. I love it. Love it. He uh, he is burning holes on I-29 between Forks and Fargo and uh, at times Winnipeg. He is the great Travis Don around the rink on Saturday mornings. Catch him tonight, Tim Hennessy. Uh, puck drops a little after 7, pregame at yep. 6.30. I, I enjoy listening, uh, Travis, as you know that. Keep up the great work, buddy, and we'll uh, talk to I you soon, okay? It. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. You bet it. You got it. Travis Dunn joining us. You can catch Travis Thursday night's game on hockey on KFGO Radio around the ring Saturday mornings here on The Fan. Busy one tonight. As we mentioned, hockey tonight with uh, Miami and uh, and, uh, North Dakota on KFGO. We've got uh, women's basketball tonight here. University of North Dakota taking on the preseason favorites in the big sky. That is Montana State. 
Brad Anderson is actually on that flight, and, and Brad joins us today just to step aside from a little bit of the work he's putting down. My only concern, in your hotel, Brad, are, are you close to the vending machine? Is there continental breakfast? These are the key things when on the road. How, how's, how's that scene look, Brad, in Bozeman today? The uh, continental breakfast was very good. Um, we had uh, we had uh, muffins, and they had instead of the waffle maker jack, they right. had like this thing where you would uh, it would make you pancakes. What? You'd push the button. I think I've seen that yeah. before too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I it was I, like Maggie Maggie Manson was kind of waiting there too. Goes, what does this thing do? I goes, I think you're just supposed to push this button. <laughs> <laughs> and and you give it a couple minutes, and they just put your plate down at the bottom of the machine, and, and boom, drop them out, and they and there it was. It was like ninety seconds later, you had two pancakes. That sounds about right. Did did you engulf in that, or did you just let Megs? Uh, <laughs> no, I uh, I said no. I I will be the guinea pig on this and try this, and uh, it was. Uh, <laughs> It was very. It was. Uh, it was well worth my time. It was great. I saw a photo, and I know that this isn't why we called you, but I saw a photo. I'm assuming that was Bob's Burgers because I've eaten there plenty of times downtown. But I, the burger you you showed a picture of, I'm like, now I'm hungry. Thanks, Brad. Now I'm now I'm actually starving for a burger. Uh, let's see. No, we um we did not go to Bob's Burgers. Uh, we went to this uh, chop house once we got to to Bozeman, and that was uh. uh I had ribs and they were uh, they were outstanding. Oh, they, okay, they were ribs and chicken and steak and and uh, I forget the name of the place, but it was uh, it was it was not not far from our, our hotel. We're staying kind of on the outskirts of Bozeman, and then um, we uh, bust over and they had uh, practice last night and got to we could see how they had it all lit up where they've got uh, game day set up and uh, they had Bobcat Stadium all lit up and uh, it, uh, they were it looked um, it looked like they were about. I don't think they were 100% ready to go, but it also looked extremely cold. It did. Yeah, I'd imagine. It's probably no different than it is here. Uh, so you can, is it palpable? I know you can somewhat, when you're on trips like that, you can get insulated into just the hotel, the gym, and then back to the hotel, and the, you know, whatever. But can you feel it, Brad? Is it palpable? Is it no question about it? There's a sense that college game day is right there where you are? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, if, you, uh, if you watch the, I always try to like watch the local news just to kind of get a feel of what's going on in town. And uh, it, it's, uh, it headlined whatever. I, I watched two or a couple different newscasts, and it was, uh, it was front and center. And uh, I would say probably, I know the ladies are going to have a shoot around here and leave here in a little bit. And I think we'll probably get more of a feel once you get closer to campus that, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's here and they're, excited for it and i mean it, it should be um you know having it they're going to say they're having basically a cross from bobcat stadium and uh we'll see what kind of uh environment that that has i almost kind of wish you could have a spot where you could have the mountains as the backdrop but yeah. i don't know if that, uh, if that would uh I, I don't don't my geography around here very well or well <laughs> enough to know what would work and what wouldn't yeah i know at washington grizzly you know you've, you've got that and that's that's always a great scene too and you know so is uh in Bozeman, obviously, you're you're knee deep into a beautiful part of the world, and 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 you know we get caught up, Brad and Derek, on talking about rivalries, and you know unless you, unless you have friends that grew up in Montana or you've been around that a little bit, that is indeed you know, and I, I'm going to stop short saying greatest this, greatest that. It, it just truly is a tremendous rivalry that has layers upon layers to it where split communities and all i mean it it really is something special that 
Right? Yeah, I have cousins oh, who live I, out there, and I, it's yeah. it's bonkers. You yes. right there? I mean, yeah. it, 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 Brad, it, it just it, it is something else. It, it really is. So, yeah, we'll see. It is. So yeah, I think uh, I I it just it just seems that way, and, and you know, just as far as the game goes. I don't know if it's must win for Montana, but they're they're definitely a team on the bubble. Yep. Um, so I mean they they're going to really need it, and for Montana State is, you know, where they're going to land as far as their seating seating goes as well. So I mean you, you throw that aspect in it, you throw game day and everything else to what's usually a pretty, uh, uh, you know, pretty epic pretty epic rivalry, and of course right at the end of the year too. I mean it just it should be. Uh, should be a heck of a scene. Uh, before we let you go, I, I, you know, Derek and, and Brad, uh, you know, this is Vig's third college game day. If you're keeping track, and you know, Brent's Brent's stock, if he were a stock, that's pretty high. I would say it's 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 something to invest in. I I just wonder if 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 Vig's uh, has got some opportunities in front of him just by him doing what he does and having success. And obviously we know what he can do and recruit when we talk about Wyoming and a guy that's, that's now in the NFL and, and various things. I'll tell you, Brad, Brent Derek, Brent Vegan going to be on some radars uh, for, for next level coaches. So, right. I would think, you know, I don't know how comfortable he is out here. If you know, where, where, uh, would be a good landing spot where he'd want to go. I mean, what would be a good fit? I, mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, where do you, um, not so I'm not, I, I'm sure he could be. I'm just kind of thinking about where, where would be a good spot for him to land? And has he been in Bozeman long enough and does he like it here? So, I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of factors that, uh, that, uh, probably come into play. It's a tough place to move from. I know that much from people that have, uh, that have either moved there or been there. It's kind of a tough place to leave because of everything we just described. Yeah, but you when know? you're, when your pay your paychecks to look at it and says year to date <laughs> and it says zero. another zero, zero on it, yeah. <laughs> it makes it pretty easy well, to move from Fargo to Wyoming. Are we yeah. removed from the FC? Is FCS FBS jump out of the uh, you know to a major? I know Chris obviously in the, in the case in which which he did it, and I was showing that in Kansas State. Is it too far removed to talk about that jump? Maybe narrowing now a little bit with some of these FCS guys. Well, it just kind of depends upon the money. I mean, that's just what it comes down to. If you're, yeah, you know, if you're if you're looking at a Mount West school, that's going to pay you one point five to two million, three million, and compared to whatever you're making, what six hundred some, it's just it's it's so significant. What about Nebraska? What about some of these other? You know, what about that jump? Well, that's a huge jump, though. I mean, yeah. the Chris yeah, Kleiman thing is. is Chris Kleiman thing is very rare, and it's all and because that's what of connections. I was asking, right? You know, you know, it, it was there was some things that lined up for that to happen. Yeah, I mean, you're you're going the let's go back to the days of, you know, obviously Don Morton goes from Tulsa to Wisconsin, right? You don't make you don't go right to Wisconsin, and it doesn't. Jim Trussell's very unique in that situation right. too. Yeah, but you know. Climate also got there and then had some success and has put well, them. They're loving life down there, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, and, they, so, and they let one get away from a couple weeks ago. Or you'd uh, be talking about them, you know, being they're the team to knock off TCU probably. Bradley, uh, eight thirty Central Time. The tip eight o'clock. Get on the air. Uh, it's a good club. Uh, you'll be brought. You know, Montana State's good. Uh, UND's had a couple of nice little wins under their belt. NSU, as you saw last night, picked off Minnesota. You should have a good one tonight, Brad. Right. Yes, and UND has never won in Bozeman, so uh, hmm. that's, I think that's another interesting nugget there as well. Yeah, hopefully it'll be about eight thirty. The Montana State men have a game tonight. They are raising the banner because they uh, both won the Big Sky titles last year and went on to the uh, NCAA tournament. So the the men 
uh, take on an, an NAIA school tonight at 5.30, so hopefully that tap uh, it stays on time about 8.30. If not, it'll be a little bit after that, but uh, we'll be on uh, at eight, uh, 8 back home. So, uh, it's, yeah, it should be a really good matchup. I think two really good tests here for UND with teams Montana State picked to win the Big Sky, Montana's pick number two, and you know Montana State had about seven, eight horrible minutes. They fell behind 20 to nothing. Uh, the other night at home against Arizona State, and actually played better in the second half, but just got buried so far in that they just couldn't uh, couldn't make a run. And uh, the player to keep an eye on, Darian White. I know you saw her last year. That was a shootout up in uh, in Grand Forks. I think it was eighty nine, eighty five. And she um, she's the straw that makes she's a player in this Montana State squad, no doubt about it. She's a player, isn't she, Brad? That's uh, that is. Uh, yeah. I just feel sorry for the uh, the poor guy uh, or gal who's ever doing the the for for. For Warner Pacific, that you got to kick out of that visiting radio spot tonight. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to have anybody there or not. I oh, okay. I'm going to head over there early and see. But yeah, <laughs> so I'm kind of wondering too. They're going to be. I don't. I don't know if they're bringing anybody over. I, if 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 not, I think we're okay. If not, it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> Get a touch and go when we when we arrive. That well, sounds great. It yeah. does. Uh, it's well. Uh, you enjoy your your time in the Treasure State. We'll be tuned in. You'll be awesome as always, and uh, and good stuff. And uh, and just text me or Derek if you need a ride back Monday from the airport. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Brad, Brad Anderson joining us from Bozeman today. They fly back in on, on Monday. Derek, is it going to be Chatfield for Barnesville, or is it going to be Eden Valley Watkins? Yeah, it's 12-6, just starting the second half. Chatfield's taking the second half kickoff out to the 18. I'll be kind of watching that, and I'll have the, the updates throughout the afternoon here. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. Good luck to DGF tomorrow. Yes, 2 o'clock. Enjoy your call tomorrow. Thank I'm you, buddy. I'm going to be joining that. I'll uh, be glued to that. Yeah. I'll probably be listening to you while I'm watching the Gophers Iowa, which is going to be on our sister station too. It's just kind of a crazy weekend. Does Ludafisk play well as a leftover? It was pretty good. I had I enjoyed mine last night. Yeah. You were you were doing it. Uh, Derek's dad uh, went and made so much Ludafisk that he's probably going to have Meatballs a lovely really good. lovely scent today. Common Man is coming up next. Have a good weekend. Uh, stick around Common next and keep it locked in. 740 The Fan or Brother Station 790 KF GL. And we'll be back on Monday to recap all of it right here on the Jack Michael Show on 740 The Fan. Also, let me tell you, you don't have to leave the FM area uh, to have some casino fun. And uh, maybe you've heard me talk a little bit about before a, fair, a few places here. Number one, the Blue Wolf Casino. That is located inside West Acres Bowl at 13, uh, or excuse me, yeah, 3402 Interstate Boulevard. Blue Wolf Casino, been there, not just to spin the pig wheel, by the way, but you can. In fact, can pay out $780 on one spin. That's a good spin. They have blackjack, $25 blackjack, $3 minimum. On that pull tabs, that's at the Blue Wolf Casino in inside West Acres Bowl of Interstate Boulevard. Now, uh, maybe, maybe, just maybe you're at the Bowler. Well, you can stop by the original Kingpin Casino that is inside the Bowler, and that's on South University Drive. And again, we're talking e-tabs and and, and all the fun that, that's there, the, the pig wheel. They've got pull tab machines, 